HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Isn't it cold in Vermont? I mean, how do you have all the energy to do this work? 
in that cold climate. It is cold in Vermont in the wintertime, and then it's this this summer was cold in Vermont, too. Um, is there something about that cold climate that makes you guys particularly industrious, or could we replicate uh, your model elsewhere? Uh, you can replicate it elsewhere, but I think that the 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 you know the the low population in Vermont, the smallness of the communities, is something that helps. Um, the town of Hardwick is about three thousand people. All the little towns around it are like five hundred or a thousand people each. So we're talking about a pretty rural area, not a big city anywhere. In fact, Vermont doesn't really have any big cities. It just has Burlington, which is like forty thousand people or fifty thousand people or something, and that's it. So. Um, I think what can be replicated is the value of collaborating with each other when you are kind of out there alone working on your organic farm, working on your sustainable food or ag business or enterprise and trying to figure out how to pull this stuff off. It's challenging. It's, you need money. You need help. You need support. You need cheerleaders and working together not only as peers, but also um, to provide those specific kinds of support for each other is really important. So that's something I think we've learned and that others around the country, as they've learned about what's happening in our area, have picked up on. And indeed, young farmers all over the country are learning that we have to exhibit and celebrate self-interest rightly understood, which is one of the um, key insights that some of the early examiners of our democracy had, that we must not let special interests and self-interest uh, get in the way of a, an authentic community process, an authentic community redevelopment initiative, initiative which is felt in the bones of different people and who act together to create something together that benefits all. And so it's that collaborative uh, entrepreneurship that seems to characterize Hardwick and seems, in fact, to characterize much of the next generation ag entrepreneurship that we see um, unfurling itself all across this nation. What have been, Tom, some of the challenges um, as a business person working within a very idealistic um, framework? Uh, I think that many mission-based businesses, meaning those people who start businesses um, but have an environmental or social mission as a part of that, uh, doing good in the world in one way or another, struggle a lot with figuring out when like, do they need to be profitable as a business first, and then they start doing all the cool stuff that they believe in, um, versus doing all the cool stuff you believe in, um, but perhaps not keeping your focus enough on the bottom line so you don't make enough money, so you are, you're always struggling or stressed out or risking burning yourself out or risking the business going out, which wouldn't be good for your mission either. I think, at least with high mowing, it's helpful. So, yeah, my seed company is called High Mowing, and it's helpful that our, our product is helps us serve our mission, not just the extracurricular activities that we do. So I, when I talk to people about balancing your idealism with the practicality, I try to get people to think about the product or the service that their business is providing and make sure that that is is forwarding and advancing their mission, not just the, you know, the the fun or, again, extracurricular stuff they do kind of on the edges. Like, the more money that we make at high mowing, certainly the more cool stuff we can do, but 
even when we're just breaking even, we're getting a lot of good seeds out to people that are helping rebuild food systems all over this country. So that is um, very practical and idealistic, and it's working. Could you could you perhaps reflect on what the youngness of it is, what the young heart, the young muscles, that willingness to be a scrappy little sprinter um, in February and lay it all out on the line? Um, how does that? How do you that? How you temper that over time? And what counsel do you have to people who are feeling like they've been having a hard season and feeling a little stuck in that in that kind of scamper sprint mode? Mm-hmm. A little few years down the road, tell us about where you where you went from there. Well, one thing is that there's it's a new generation now, and people in their twenties and thirties, I think don't have as many hang-ups about business being bad. Like, I remember I grew up thinking that business was bad, thinking that big was bad, and thinking that profit was bad. And it is indeed true that the profits from businesses have been used, from big businesses have been used to perpetrate most of the damage across this whole planet to the environment, to people, to communities, and that sort of thing. But A business is a wonderful tool also to advance good, positive social change and environmental cleanup and regeneration and those sort of things. So I think among my peers, we've chosen business as a way to do that. And so that's something that's kind of unique about this generation. Twenty years ago, the first wave of socially responsible businesses started coming. Think Ben & Jerry's and Tom's of Maine and those companies. And before that, it was unheard of. And um, now it seems among all of my peers to be almost the whole point of starting a business is to do social change. It's just a new medium to do the same good work when you're kind of motivated to to serve in that way. on the comment of like the question about about maintaining the high degree of energy required to get a new business or a farm or ag business off the ground and going, um, it's a lot of energy, and that is where I think it's key to have your peers with you and collaborators with you and strategically thinking about how to collaborate with each other because um, we can't do it alone and um, we don't have to do it alone. And when people think about sustainable, they have to remember that that means financially sustainable, and it also means sustainable for them as far as their energy level goes. I've seen a lot of people burn out and give up because they push too hard early on or not pay enough attention to the financial side of it, and the whole thing flops because of that. So it's, I think that the time is right to do this work, and it is urgent. So I don't think taking your foot off the gas pedal is the way to go, but relieve a little bit of the pressure and the risk by teaming up with your buddies and figuring out how together you can remove some of the risk, remove some of the stress, help build success a little bit more without necessarily having to slow down your pace. Yeah. Get some hustle in that bustle, but my mother always says when we're in, she says, we're in a hurry, drive slowly. Having that measured approach to this work and being being conscious of the fact that your physical body and the the best physical strength that you have in your life in these these you know twenties and thirties um, is a gift that shouldn't be squandered. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like the difference between moving quickly and rushing. You know, if you need to get something done and you are rushing, you are risking hurting yourself 
making a mistake, that kind of stuff. If you're doing something quickly, that's, you know, quite different. You're just staying focused and keeping it going. And it's not for everybody. Lots of people work at different paces and um, that sort of thing, too. But we are, our region does, is characterized by um, a pretty large amount of ambitious 30-somethings um, that are are expanding their businesses and collaborating with each other in unheard of ways that are, I think, not just inspiring uh, each other, but the community and communities across the country as more people learn about what we're up to and the word gets around. So we're in this community of service together, and we're serving our country food. We're exerting ourselves as citizens, as makers of a future that we want to live in, which is all wonderful and good. And in this community that we're in today, surrounded by fresh, rosy faces, um, all aligned and crystallizing around these themes of sustainability and place and community, it's, it's easy to forget that we are functioning within the context of um, a hegemony of mofos. Um, particularly, I'm talking about the control of our seeds. Tom, could you reflect on the, on the kind of global context of agriculture right now in this time, and particularly in the world of seeds? Yeah, the trends in the last, you know, few decades and really the last 50 or more years in agriculture, just like in pharmaceuticals and energy and many banking, many other things, have all been around um, getting bigger and bigger and um, conglomerations, international uh, companies that reach such a, such a huge scale. Um, the banks that are too big to fail, the seed companies that are too big to fail, it's, it's very fragile, I think. So in the seed industry, what you've had, you know, there's a lot of different pieces of the seed industry. You've got all the, the grain crops and vegetables and the corn, soy, rice, wheat, all those major crops, and you've got vegetables and, and lots of others. Um, it's so consolidated in the seed side of things, many of Folks listening will know about Monsanto as the world's largest seed company. They're now the world's largest seed company for vegetables as well as for corn and soy and many other things. And uh, it's a challenge to be a very large company and to have a, have a heart um, and to simultaneously try to um, expand your business and um, increase, you know, return for your shareholders. It's a pretty tough model to actually heal the planet on, and um, many very, very large seed companies are, are struggling with that and trying to figure out how to reinvent themselves, um, and sometimes it's authentic and sometimes not. Our little seed company is sort of sneaking in around the edges where, the, where there are these niche casualties where the, as the bigger companies keep getting bigger and bigger, they forget about smaller markets, forget about certain regions, forget about certain types of farmers. And so the small, diversified, organic vegetable farm growing vegetables and selling them to their community is not really a group that very many seed companies are paying attention to. And so we get to focus on that group, and I'm inspired every day by this cool community we get to serve, these people that are on the front lines of rebuilding this country's food system and fighting this good fight and doing this good work. One farm at a time, one business at a time, one heart at a time. We will reclaim America. We will retrofit the systems of transportation, commerce, energy, and um, also, also in, in so doing, 
reclaim our independence and our capacity for independent thought as we work for ourselves and work with Sunshine as a as an agent in our um, commerce, we become um, independent to a larger and larger degree and able to um, continue exerting ourselves and allowing um, this retooling of our economy and our, our built environment uh, to continue. So it's a good road and it's a good day and the young farmers are here. They're all very excited. Um, if you are not yet tuned in to the Young Farmer Movement and this is your first tuning in, thank you so much for tuning in. We'd love to turn you on um, and have you come check out some of our farms. We are available online, www.thegreenhorns.wordpress.com. And the next event for Greenhorns is a duck pluck on December 12th, train accessible. And please check out our blog so that you can come and join us. Thank you, Tom. Thank you to our sponsor, Hearst Family Ranch. Thank you to you all. Talk to you next week.